you're listening to the Whitewater Podcast. First off, we just want to say thank you so much for tuning in. If you enjoy what you hear today, please subscribe, share, rate, and review the podcast. If you want to support what Whitewater is doing, you can go to whitewaterchurch.org give or click on give in the show notes. Let's dive into this week's message together. How do you deal with being in the fog? I remember we were driving down to California in this big convoy in college to go surfing. Went down I-5, got to mid-California, and we hung a right. And somewhere in uh, these foothill mountains that you have to go through to get to the ocean, we hit a fog bank, and it just went silent, right? When you go into this fog, it was so thick, you could barely see anything. We were trying to follow like just the reflector lights on the on the road. You could barely see those. It was so thick. And people freaked out. There were all these different reactions. Some people got really quiet and really scared. One one of the cars like just kind of pulled over and stopped. And one person just flipped out and got really angry. We're going the wrong way. You know, and the person with the map, because we didn't have, <laughs> you know, we didn't have cell phones and map quests and all that stuff back then. Um, we're cruising on the right road. And they're like, no, we're on the right road. And the person would, uh, there was a person in a car that was pulling up near us. They were like, we're going the wrong way you know, and they're swerving and some some person kind of went off on the wrong road. You know, there's just so many different ways to react in the middle of thick fog. I want to look at a passage of scripture written by the Apostle Paul or Pastor Paul to an, an early church, ancient church called Galatia. And this was a church that was in the fog. And friends, I think this is a letter for today. I think this is a word for today because so many of us are in a fog right now. We're in a fog emotionally, relationally, spiritually. Many people are like, well, what direction do I go right now? And uh, how can I make long-term decisions? Because everything's changing. And uh, it just feels so strange and eerie right now. Um, And many people are afraid, frustrated, or, or just frozen in place. So let's look at what Pastor Paul has to teach us. Galatians 5.25. If we live by the Spirit, let's follow the Spirit. Let's follow the Spirit. He's talking about the Spirit of God, the Holy Spirit, and God's Spirit of power and liberty and freedom and total goodness. Living by the Spirit is really important to Paul for a few reasons. I think when Paul saw this church in the fog and saw them fighting with each other, he kind of saw them like the people of Israel in Moses back in the Old Testament, this you know, kind of ancient origins, one of the origin stories for the people of, of Israel, the Hebrews, the Jews. In this story, they were wandering in the desert, confused, angry, fearful, fatigued, exhausted at times. Now, the wilderness period was like the, the messy middle, the place in between. It was in, in between Egypt where they had been enslaved and then God freed them into the wilderness, but it was before they found the place of uh, freedom, which was the promised land. So they're in the messy middle and God is building his relationship with them and they're having some ups and downs and the children of Israel or the people of God, you know, were struggling at times to trust him. And there's this moment where Moses, their leader, who's struggling leading them, has this conversation or maybe like, <laughs> maybe more like debate with God that he's struggling. And the Lord says this to him. He says, my presence will go with you and I will give you rest. My presence will go with you and I will give you rest. What's God's presence? Well, 
the carryover for Paul is God's presence is God's spirit. And with the children of Israel, they were actually led by God's spirit. It was like a pillar of smoke in the day, a pillar of fire at night. And they, when the, when the fire would move, they would move. When it would stand still, they would stay still. And God is saying, my presence will go with you and I will give you rest. Where God's presence is, there's this idea and this reality that God gives us rest, this grace to rest in him. So the church is a family on a journey following the spirit of God together. Not just a group of individuals following the spirit, but individuals or people who are part of a family. So here's the first thing that Paul lays out in this passage. The Spirit frees us to serve, not to consume. So we can tell when we're following the Spirit or when we're not based on that. Are we using our freedom to serve other people or are we using our freedom to consume things and maybe consume other people? Check this out. Verse 13 of chapter 5, you were called to freedom, brothers and sisters. Only don't let this freedom be an opportunity to what? Indulge your selfish impulses but serve each other through love. All the law has been fulfilled in a single statement. Love your neighbor as yourself. But if you bite and devour each other, be careful that you don't get eaten up by each other. The Galatians were fighting, arguing, devouring, demanding, judging, separating because they were in this fog. They're not reacting well to it. In this church, people are biting and devouring each other theologically, relationally, spiritually. I mean, the, all the opposite, all the things that are the opposite of what the Spirit of God wants us to do and to be as a family. How do we learn to get that under control? Verse 16, I say, be guided by the Spirit and you won't carry out or be guided by your selfish desires. So be guided by the Spirit, not guided by your selfish desires. You see that contrast? Verse 17, person's selfish desires are set against the spirit. They're in opposition. And the spirit is set against the selfish desires. They are opposed to each other. So you shouldn't do whatever you want to do. But if you are being led by the spirit, you aren't under the law. Now, Paul kind of makes this argument here and elsewhere that we are a people centered on the spirit of Jesus, not centered on the Torah or the law and not centered on ourselves. You see that? There's like kind of two things he contrasts being centered on spirit. The Torah, just following the Bible as a set of rules and making other people um, follow Jewish custom or centering it upon like our desires um, and our, our wants, our selfishness. He says, no, we're centered on the spirit. Paul writes this in verse 19, the actions. Notice he says, look at the actions slash words that are produced by selfish motives. These are obvious. I remember actions, he's saying, reveal motivations. Since they include sexual immorality, moral corruption, doing whatever feels good, idolatry, drug use, casting spells, this is before uh, Magic the Gathering, hate, fighting, obsessions, Losing your temper, competitive opposition, conflict, selfishness, group rivalry, jealousy, drunkenness, partying, and other things like that. Some of you guys are like, man, this is like my last family gathering. <laughs> These are like the spirit of selfishness. If we want to know whether we're following the spirit of Jesus or selfishness, we have to look to these things, look to the actions, and you can start to begin to kind of trace them to their motivations. Now, an interesting thing is 
this list is pretty clearly connected to a lot of the struggles the people of Israel under Moses, the struggles that they had with God. Idolatry when they built the golden calf, the fighting, the conflict, the, you know, just all, all the issues, the partying even. And uh, in our world, I think sometimes we have a tendency to kind of want to justify what we do. We want to gather people to our side and, and you know, we don't see it as a faction. We just see it as like, hey, we're, we're building a group of people to do the right thing, to keep the, the bad people out. And so we become the judges of who's in and who's out rather than letting the spirit of Jesus be the one who's drawing people together and him dealing and convicting people of maybe wrong and sin. All these people probably thought they, these uh, things they were doing were the next best step for them. But we have to ask according to whose perspective, the, the perspective of, the, of selfish desires or from God's perspective, the perspective of the Spirit. See, we can easily justify our actions and get off on the wrong path when we're in the fog. Now, Paul thankfully gives us the signs of the Spirit of Jesus or the way of discerning and diagnosing the Spirit of Jesus at work. So we can kind of be working in and through the fog. Verse 22, but the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and yep, self-control. There's no law against things like this. Now, it's important to note that the fruit that Paul lists are the virtues or fruit that, that attack selfishness and division between believers. See, the fruit of the Spirit isn't, it's not just about an individual like George, just me, or, you know, Don, or Stan, or Emily, or whoever is watching this. It's, it's actually about a community. It's about a family. The fruit in this is also God's character. And we see God's character revealed in Jesus. And we see Jesus' character being expressed through God's people, the people who follow his Spirit and develop spiritual fruit. See, God loves good fruit, and he wants good fruit to grow in our lives and in, and in our communities, our spiritual communities. This is what a spirit-led community is all about. We're learning to be on a journey with Jesus together. Israel, the children of Israel, struggled with the bad fruit. They had the golden calf, the grumbling, the fighting, the idolatry, the partying, all the stuff. Moses and God's people journeying in the wilderness followed God's spirit step by step, day by day. It's comforting to know that the grumbling, stumbling, mumbling people of God were not perfect and they struggled. And I think that's hopeful for many of us because, I don't know, if I'm honest and I look out at the, the world we're in, the fog we're in, there's disappointment I have in myself and with others and how maybe we've handled the last year and a half, two years. I'm, when I say we, I'm, I'm talking about Christians in the church. I've seen a lot of division I didn't, wouldn't have expected. I've seen language and a posturing that is disappointing. But I will say, like, God wants to use those moments that we maybe we do fail or maybe we, we like, wish we had a take back or whatever. He uses that to grow us. See, the beautiful thing about God's work through the Spirit is that we fail forward. We're learning on the journey with God's Spirit. And you know what? There's a lot of good happening, and there's so many people, like often people that don't have a major platform and are kind of behind the scenes working in all kinds of sectors of society that are, that are bringing fruit through the Spirit that tastes wonderful to God, and it's good for our world. And the fruit of the Spirit are these, love, 
Learning to love as God loves by giving yourself for others. It's part of God's character. It's part of who he wants us to be. Galatians 2.20 says, The life I now live in the flesh, I live by faith in the Son of God. Now listen to this. Who loved me, and what's the sign of love? And gave himself for me. You see, love is self-giving. Joy is another fruit. Joy when things aren't good, but God is. Joy is radiating the happiness of God's goodness, undeterred by your situation. Peace, the fruit of peace. The children of Israel, and I would say probably us today, we're learning to walk in peace. This idea of shalom or wholeness, we're walking toward it. So we might not be there yet, but we're learning to walk toward wholeness and restore wholeness and shalom, peace and justice in our world. The fruit of patience, not knowing everything And having to wait in patience for God to open a way, to reveal the next step, to come to our rescue, to teach us how to live, not at our pace, but at God's pace. Kindness, the fruit of kindness. Children of Israel were learning this in the desert, in the the wilderness. Learning to be kind when we disagree and differ with each other. And sometimes when we feel lost in in the wilderness, when we feel lost in the fog, we don't know what to do and we're anxious and we're fearful and we're angry. Kindness. A fruit of goodness. I love this. I think this is so important for our world. Finding and cultivating goodness. Reflecting goodness in a world when when if you're thrown evil, it's okay to throw evil back. No, we fight evil with good. That's how we learn to shine brightly in the darkness. In fact, Galatians 6 says this, 6, 9 says, let's not get tired of doing good because in time we'll have a harvest if we don't give up. So don't give up. Verse 10 says, so then let's work for the good of all, not just some, not just our favorites, not just people who agree with us. Let's work for the good of all whenever we have an opportunity, and especially for those in the household of faith. We should be known for giving goodness to one another, even if we're struggling with one another. Faithfulness, the fruit of faithfulness, our faithful devotion and trust of God Over the long journey, that's what God is developing in us. Uh, Never giving in, never giving up on our trust in God and our love for each other. Gentleness, the fruit of gentleness. This one, man, might be the most understated, but the most needed these days. Tender-hearted, compassionate action. Loving people with empathy. Being gentle, realizing that like we're temporary, feeble at times creatures and being tenderhearted in our actions and our words toward each other. In fact, Galatians 6.1 says this, Brothers and sisters, if someone is caught in a sin, you who live by the what? By the Spirit should restore that person harshly? No, gently. Lastly, the the fruit of self-control. Hmm. Let's skip this one. Now, <laughs> this one's the hardest. And this one, all these other fruits are community-oriented virtues. You can't do them alone. You have to have other people so that you can grow this kind of fruit. Self-control is one fruit in this list that is about you controlling yourself, your tongue, your words, your thoughts, your actions. Self-control, controlling emotions, thoughts, actions for the sake of others. This is hard in the fog because when the fog hits, We panic, we get angry, we get frustrated, we go to denial. We got to look for the Spirit to lead us. And the fruit of the Spirit 
will keep us from devouring each other, tearing each other apart. It will help us build each other up. A life of following the spirit of Jesus together is finding and following and then generating more fruit of the spirit together. We begin focusing on ourselves less. We begin serving others more. If we live by the spirit, let's follow the spirit. Verse 25, let's follow the spirit. Let's not become arrogant, make each other angry, be jealous of each other. Those are the divisive patterns that we see that the people of Israel struggled with in the wilderness. Let us follow the Spirit, cry out for the Spirit. Like Moses said, don't send us if you're not going to come with us. We need your presence. Your presence keeps us unified. Although we're all so different, we have different backgrounds, different you know, convictions sometimes. Emotions, we are unified in the Spirit of Christ. God's presence is with us. So cry out for the Spirit. If you're feeling like scared, you're in the fog, you don't know what to do, cry out for a Spirit. Look for the fruit of the Spirit and just know that maybe this is the most important thing you need to hear from this talk today, is that when we're in the fog or the wilderness, it's not a faith that we can just make plans like, here's a, you know, in a month, five months, here's what's going to happen, here's what I'm going to do. No, it is a step-by-step faith journey. It is a day-by-day journey. And God, sometimes when we're in, we're in the middle of the fog, is stripping away things that we relied on, like the vision that we, we had before. Well, that's taken away. We can't, see, we can't see very far now. Some of what we used to be able to hear, the, the, uh, we can't hear as well. And, and so we have to really focus on what's right in front of us. And that's, that's what I want to encourage you today is to, to begin to tune in to what the Spirit is, is doing and saying and working in the people around you and in the situations around you and, and let go of some of the things we're, we're holding on to, like the, the, the plans and the, I mean, they're being ripped out of our fingers anyway, right? Or we can live in denial, but that doesn't change reality. And so let's, let's live a day-by-day faith in these times, loving one another. Let's be a community. I'm talking about as a community, a family that is known for its love, known for its joy, known for its, you know, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, gentleness, and self-control. Like what kind of, what could a community like that do in our times when everyone else is in the fog and maybe they don't even know how to sense the spirit or see the spirit. We can do that together. So I want you to tune in to the Spirit the best you can. If you don't know how, get in the Word. Look at Jesus. Read Jesus. Read through the New Testament. I mean, use people as examples like Jesus. He prayed. He spent time. Moses cried out to God. God reveals himself to those who seek him with all that they can, all that they know how. We won't do it perfectly. Maybe there's someone in your life that could help you, that God has placed in your life. Maybe they've been following the voice of God's Spirit longer, and they can help you tune in No matter what it is, it's always, always, always about learning to have a relationship where we're walking with God. So when we're in the dark, when we're in the wilderness, when we're in the fog, we know God is present. He doesn't leave us or forsake us, but he leads us toward the promised land even when we don't see it. Would you pray a prayer with me? Close your eyes for a moment. Let's pray and ask God, Uh, to guide us with his presence, with his spirit. Heavenly Father, thank you for sending your son Jesus to embody the fruit 
of heaven, the fruit of the Spirit to us. Thank you for giving us your Spirit. Father, we ask if anyone's dry, if anyone maybe doesn't even know you, they haven't trusted you yet, that today they would, that they would cry out, they would ask, God, would you guide me? Guide me in my trouble. Guide me in the fog. Guide me in my frustration and my panic and my anxiety. Would you guide me? Lead me. Even if it's day by day, God, I want to trust you. I want to trust you more than, you know, the desires in my heart, than the voices of others that are, that would pull me away from you. I want to hone in and trust you. And, and as a church, we want to be a church that exhibits the fruit of the Spirit and that when, Lord, you come into, into our midst, you, you can sense the goodness of what you're doing in us. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Guys, I love you so much. I want to encourage you. When you pray during this week, maybe it's daily, maybe it's every other day, um, look at the fruit of the Spirit and just prayerfully reflect on those. Where are those fruit happening and growing in your life? Maybe it's just a seed. Maybe it's just, you know, maybe it's a green fruit. It's not fully come to mat- maturity. But ask the Holy Spirit to help mature those things in you. And let go of the rotten fruit. Let's do that together. Love you guys so much. Hey, Whitewater family. Thanks again for joining us this week. At Whitewater, we believe in creating an environment where you can belong before you believe. If you want to learn more about who we are and what we believe in, visit us at our website, whitewaterchurch.org. If you'd like to contribute to Whitewater financially, you can give online at whitewaterchurch.org give. Or if you want to get involved in blessing our communities or are interested in joining one of our home churches, email us at info at whitewaterchurch.org. Have a great week, and we'll see you next time.